If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, let's turn to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Now, while you're turning there, I want to say just a few things. First of all, I probably should have mentioned this quicker than, than today, but I hope that everybody's new year has started off in the right direction. And the reason I say that is one of the best pathways that we can take into the new year is looking at everything through the eyes of God. And that's going to become more relevant as we go through this sermon today. You know, if we looked at everything through the eyes of God, it certainly would change our attitudes. It would change our perspective on life. And if our perspective focused more on we instead of me, this world would be a much better place. There's no doubt about that. Now, I want to ask you all a question. You've got to be honest. How many of y'all have ever read a text while you're driving down the road? A lot of us have. How many of y'all have sent a text while driving down the road? Been there, done that. I'm guilty as charged. And you know, the reason I say that is we see that all the time. You know, we'll be driving down the road and we'll look off up yonder and we'll see a car that's on the wrong side of the road and for no apparent reason, and you go, yeah, I know what that idiot is. Well, I'm the idiot because I'm, well, you know, it, it, it's very dangerous. And, you know, because we see people swerving out of their lanes, almost hitting people. And, I mean, we, we kind of joke about it and kind of laugh about it, but there's been a lot of people killed. There's been a lot of people seriously injured because of, of, of doing that very same thing. So it can be a very, very serious situation. Well, I tell you that little deal to say this. The way that we live can also impact the people around us. Now, I want you to think about this. What if we could live our lives in such a way that we couldn't merge into other lanes? In other words, we couldn't cause issues for those around us. Now, I want you to think about that. What if we lived in such a way that we always stayed in our lane? And by doing that, by staying in our own lane, in other words, kind of a, a, a very nice way of saying minding our own business, we would allow those around us to reach their destination without our interference. And that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today and what the Apostle Paul was writing about. Uh, and that was he was telling us how we can live that way. You know, uh, uh, and it's a much better way to live. And it will lead us to support others. It will lead us to honor Christ at the same time. So our text today comes for, from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And, and I've got to say this before we start reading. As children of God, through our faith in Jesus Christ, we have a lot of freedoms. We have a lot of liberties. 
And as Christians, we shouldn't take those freedoms for granted. But it's not always the best thing for us to exercise our rights either. And this is what concerned Paul when he wrote this letter to the Corinthian church, to the believers there. The church had written him a letter about a particular issue, and the issue was whether it was acceptable to eat leftover food that had been offered to a pagan god. That's what they wrote him about. And Paul offered some very wise, some very uh, practical instruction regarding the way we as believers should use our rights and our freedom. So let's look in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. That word expedient is helpful. All things are lawful for me. Notice he says it again. But all things edify not. That word edify means do not build up. That's what edify not is. Let no man seek his own, but Every, but every man another's wealth. Wealth is well-being. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles or meat market, that eat, asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go or desire to go, Whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man shall say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not. For his sake that showed it or told you for and for conscience sake, and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscious, I say, not thine own, but of the other, for why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace or with thanks be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? Whether therefore we eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I hope you got that. Give no offense neither to Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. Now, I want you to keep your Bibles open right there, and we will be going over into 2 Corinthians after direct, directly. And we're going to kind of explain this. I know it sounds kind of tough when we read it, but we're going to go through this and we're going to see if I can take my country boy mentality and explain this to you. Let me visit with you today about moving from me to we. Now, as Paul wrote this letter to Corinth, 
He used language that was familiar with him, with those people. I mean, and you notice that he says in a way there in that first verse that we read, everything is permissible. And that was something that people would hear that, that lived in the streets of, of or, or heard on the streets of Corinth. You see, Corinth was set in Greece. And Corinth was a very important port city. In other words, it was a gateway for many people. It, it was uh, a gateway where there was many different attitudes, many different perspectives, many different points of view, and many sinful activities. And everything was acceptable in that city. And that was the attitude of the people because everything was accessible. They could do anything they wanted to because it was available. And they thought that was okay. And Paul acknowledged, he said, yes, they had access to everything. They, they did, but not everything would help them live life. The same is true for us. Some things that are accessible to us are not going to bring us life. Instead, what they're going to do is, is bring us bondage instead of freedom. And, and that's not what we need to get ourselves involved in. Now, Paul continues on after he says everything is permissible. But then what does he say? He says that not everything is beneficial. In other words, not everything helps build up. For instance, okay, let's look at it from this perspective. I could choose to drink a Dr. Pepper with every meal that I eat. Matter of fact, if I want to, you know, Dr. Pepper's commercial used to be have one at 10, 2, and 4. Well, I could drink a Dr. Pepper on the hour every hour. Couldn't I? Because it's permissible. It's accessible. Problem is, I'd probably get so dang fat I couldn't get on my old horse no more. I mean, he has to get on his knees now for me to get on him. But if I drink a case of Dr. Pepper a day, Roy, it probably would start, I would start having some heart issues. Or it would start taking a toll on my life. Uh, you know, I would experience some negative effects on my health. Now, soft drinks are allowed. They're permissible. They're acceptable. But they're not in my best interest. Why? Because they're not beneficial. So, does that make sense to y'all? Okay. I was afraid I was losing you now. Now, in this whole world that we live in, most of us are prone to think of ourselves first and everyone else second. What Paul reminded the church that the kingdom of God is different from the kingdom of the world. Y'all remember in the last two, two week sermons, we talked about there's only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness. You either belong to one or you belong to the other. So in God's kingdom, we think of others above ourselves. Now, I know that's not normal for us. That's not status quo. We want to be first. We want to have it our way and only. I got to be right. 
I may not be right, folks, but I'll guarantee y'all I'm never in doubt. But we got to have it that way. Yet Paul called for us to humble ourselves and, and allow the focus to be on we, not me. So the Bible is calling us to look through a different lens. You know, it's, it's as we have been viewing the world through a, a, a less than perfect vision. Okay, it's just like me. Y'all know that my eyesight is pretty poor. That's the reason why I wear these trifocals. You, you can, can't tell they're trifocals because they're progressive. <laughs> I got no lines. But I want to tell you, when I first started wearing these things, I almost killed myself. The eye doctor told me it was going to happen, and it did. But the thing about it is, I, I have this imperfect vision. It, it's, but it's not so bad that it can't be corrected with these specialized lenses. Now, if I take my glasses off, I'm pretty blind. I, I, I can't read nothing. I mean, it'd be print two feet tall, and I can't read it. But when I put these glasses on with my specialized lenses my vision becomes more clearly and I can see things more correctly. So what happens? My focus immediately changes. In the same way, when we put on the glasses of the kingdom of God, our focus changes. By this, I mean that, that sometimes good is not simply saying no to sinful things. Yes, that's very important. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we also might need to, to say no to some good things in order to say yes to something that is even better or even more beneficial. For instance, like helping brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, putting someone else ahead of ourselves. And, and when we put others before ourselves, we might have to set aside some of our rights. We might have to set aside some of these freedoms that I'm talking about, even though they are, they're permissible, they're acceptable for the sake of others, we might have to do that. When, when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we abandon earthly standards for a new kingdom normal. Now let's look on. Go down to verse 25. Now I'm just going to kind of go through this paraphrasing. Y'all can read as good as I can. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without raising question for the sake of conscience. Since the earth is the Lord and all that is in it. If any of the unbelievers invite you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is food from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of the consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience if I partake with thanksgiving? Why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? Now, when you read those verses, that seems a little confusing, doesn't it? So I'm going to try my best to explain this as best as 
I can. Now, the Jews among the Corinthian believers were familiar with the strict the restrictions that the law placed on them regarding what they could eat and what they could not eat. Now, however, because of the new covenant in Christ, all of that had went away. Those restrictions no longer applied and they were free to eat anything that was sold in the marketplace. But here's the deal. This was a big deal for these Jews. Why? Because ever since they were little growing up, they had it pounded in their head that there is certain things you can eat and there are certain things you can eat. In other words, there was clean food versus unclean food. So Paul now takes that freedom and what he does is he places it in the context of a dinner invitation. If an unbeliever invites you over to their house for dinner, it was okay to go. It was okay to eat the food that was prepared. But if someone said that the food was part of a sacrifice to a pagan god, that changed the whole scenario completely. Nothing was wrong with the food itself. What did Paul already tell us? Everything is permissible, he said, but the believer should still not eat the food that had been sacrificed to a pagan god for the sake of the other person's conscience. Now, you might be sitting there going, now just wait a minute, Mr. Preacher Man. I'm a Christian. And I could set the record straight simply by going in there and eating the meat anyway, proving it was just meat. It was nothing harmful about that. But here's the problem. By doing that, we as Christians would be sending the message that idolatry is okay. That it is acceptable. That it is a good thing. Or the, the unbeliever assuming the Christians don't eat such meat would view the believer as being a hypocrite, which would cause a barrier for the unbeliever coming to Christ. Now stay with me here. This is all, all going to become very relevant. Now, Paul has already said everything is permissible. We've already established that but in his discussion of, of whether you know, we have the right or not, believers should eat food, should not eat food sacrificed to pagan gods. He, he was telling us to abstain from doing that to avoid misleading or offending someone else. Even though the believer had the freedom to eat whatever they wanted to, any meat. Paul was saying that for the sake of the non-believer, not to do that, because that could cause confusion for the unbeliever. Now, what does that mean for us? What, what does that mean for us? All right, let's move out of what, that context and let's bring this up to today. We may need to set aside some of our liberties, some of our freedoms to avoid being a stumbling block to someone else. 
And that's what I want you to see uh, in this. We, we may have the right to eat anything we want to, but we also have the responsibility to love and to support other people. Our actions can make or break the growth of people coming to Christ. They're progressed in, in coming to Christ. We, we are thinking about the other person rather than ourselves. In other words, it's more important for us to focus on them. And that turns out to how we can help this person in his or her Christian life. Now, I want to try to give you an example of this. I'm boring y'all to death, I can tell you. Okay, I'm going to try to give you an example of this. I have the opportunity. I've got a brother that's got, got a big house in Rio Dosa. And periodically, we go out there and, 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 and uh, gather together as a family. Now, what is Rio Dosa known for? Horse racing. So what do we do? We all load up and we go to the horse races. Now, when you, when you get in the stands at the horse races, it's kind of like the city of Corinth. Anything is acceptable. You, you can get your hands on anything you want to. You can sit there and bet on the horses. You can go to the casino and play the machines. You know, you can go to the, to the, to the bar and get you whatever you want to drink. Now, I could, I could go and do that. Everything is permissible. Everything is accessible. But what would that be for me as a preacher? So there old Barton is, I can tell you this, of all the times I've been to Rio Dosa, as God is my witness, I've never placed a bet on a horse. Never. I love to go. I love to watch. But I don't bet on the horses. I sit there and drink my water. My brother may drink their beer or whatever else they want to drink. That's their business, not mine. But you see what I'm talking about here? I could do it. Say there's nothing wrong with it. But then what kind of witness would I be? See, then my nieces and nephews could look at me and go, Oh yeah, look at the old preacher man. Laying five bucks on that 80 to 1. <laughs> See, I'd be a hypocrite, wouldn't I? So, now you see what I'm talking about? Now that's just one example. We could go on and on and on. That's the way I'm trying to take what we're talking about and bring it into our world. There's a lots of four instances that I could use. That's just the one that popped into my head. Now, you see, what I want you to see here is this. Choices are not always about good versus evil. Some are about what is best. When, when we are fixing our eyes on Jesus, remembering what is best for our brothers and sisters, and being guided by the Holy Spirit, we're going to take steps according to the roadmap that the Holy Spirit directs us. By. In other words, we won't, 
We won't offend unnecessarily. We will reflect the love of Christ. Now I want you to look in verse 31. Because this is the important one as far as I'm concerned. Verse 31. So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for what? The glory of God. Now y'all seeing how this is all becoming relevant? You know, I was born then. Now you're like, oh wow. He just shifted from, from grandma into overdrive. The story is told about a man. He walks up to a quarry that's got a lot of men working in it. And he works up to, walks up to this first man and he says, what are you doing? And the man doesn't even stop, doesn't put his pick down. He says, I'm hewing a stone. So he walks up to the second man and he looks at the second man and says, what are you doing? Second man never stops working, says I'm making a hundred bucks a week. He walks up to the third man, says, what are you doing? And the third man stops, puts his pick down, sticks his chest out and says, I'm building a cathedral. Now, you see, it depends what you're looking at. How many of y'all have ever thought that work is worship? That's probably never even entered your mind. Work is worship. Now, this is what, I, what, what, what I'm getting at. I didn't tell you that story trying to make a joke. It is a matter of how far we can see. The first man couldn't see beyond his pick. The second man couldn't be, see beyond his paycheck that he was going to get Friday. But that third man, he was cooperating with an architect. However small his little contribution was, he was helping construct a building that was going to be used for the worship of God. Work is worship provided that we can see how our job contributes in however small way, in however indirect way to the forwarding of God's purpose to mankind. Then whatever you do will be done. What does it say in verse 31? To the glory of God. All right, I want to, I want to set y'all up in a little scenario here and I want y'all to, to either agree with me or disagree with me. Many people live segmented lives. What does that mean? In other words, we live one way at work. We live one way at home. We live one way when we're in downtown Dallas in the middle of traffic. And we live another way around Christian friends. How many of you know people like that? That live segmented lives. In other words, they are whoever 
They have to be in whatever situation they are in to make everybody happy. Well, how we live in each of these settings is not necessarily bad. But what Paul's words calls us to live in all these different settings with the same mindset. Our life at home should be for the glory of God. How we carry out our work should be for the glory of God. How we respond in traffic should be for the glory of God. Let's just leave that one right there. Leave it alone. I know what you're thinking. But you see, whatever has our attention, whatever has our focus at the moment is to be seen through the lenses of the kingdom of God. So in everything you do, do it all so that the end result is what? To bring glory to God. I can tell you this beyond the shadow of a doubt. If we lived in this way, we would be in a much better position in this old world than what we are right now. All right, let's look at the last two verses. 32 and 33. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I also try to please everyone and everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. What Paul has been saying to the church at Corinth can be summarized with this. Do what gives a witness to Jesus Christ. Now this is where you need to wake up. He encouraged the church at Corinth and he's encouraging the church today to allow everything in our lives to bring glory to Jesus and honor to Jesus. And isn't that what we as Christians should be doing in the first place? Isn't that our job? Isn't that our responsibility? Shouldn't we be taking every opportunity that is given to us to point others to Christ. Paul says that even though we do everything, now get this, even though we do everything to try to bring glory to God, we also should try to give no offense to Jews, to Greeks, nor the church of God. Now hear me. There will be times, there will be times when you are trying to bring glory to God and you're going to offend someone. How? I can tell you, just go out and start witnessing. Just go out and start asking somebody about their relationship with Jesus Christ and you might get a big old sock in the nose, Larry. Now, I know what you're saying. Hey, we're not supposed to offend anybody. Okay, you're, you're offending somebody. Well, we're not supposed to offend somebody, but you have to remember you are being fueled by what? To bring the glory to God. So you are doing what you need to be doing. But it also can be a stumbling block or even offense to others. Nevertheless, we still have to do our actions to bring glory to God.
Now, I'm not going to turn there because of time. But if you read Paul's letter, I'm going to tell you what it says here in just a second. If you read Paul's letter to the Galatians, and this letter that we just looked at, it looks like he's contradicting himself. Now, in the letter to the Galatians, he says this. For am I now trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. Do you see the contradiction there? Do you get it? You see, it sounds like Paul's co contradicting himself by what he said in Corinthians. Paul has been talking about the freedoms, the liberties that we have in Christ. We have the, the freedom, for example, to eat any meat that we please. We already talked about that. But if eating that particular meat is offensive to someone at the same table, we might have to not eat it for their sake. Paul willingly said to us, and what we need to do is be willing to set aside our own freedoms, our liberties uh, aside so that it may not offend someone, so it may not be a stumbling block to someone. He wanted to please people, not to offend them, in order to point them to Christ. And that's what we need to do. When, when, when we please God, when we love people in the same manner. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably sitting there thinking, I can do anything, anywhere, anytime I want to. I can eat anything, anywhere, anytime I want to. I'm a believer. I know what's acceptable. Know what I shouldn't do. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you're correct to a point. As a Christians, we have that freedom. We do. But what God is asking us to do as Christians today is act accurately represent Him and how we speak and how we act. That is truly putting others before ourselves. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever considered yourself an ambassador of Jesus Christ? Have you ever considered yourself to be an ambassador of God? What does it mean to be an ambassador? You represent them to the best of your ability. You don't think so? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter five. I want you to look in verse twenty. Second Corinthians five twenty. Y'all got it? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Now then, we are what ambassadors. ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray. That word pray is implore you. In Christ's stead, that word stead is behalf, to be reconciled to God. This is our responsibility as Christians. As Christians, we speak and we act on the behalf of God and represent His goodness to others. That's our job. 
We just saw it right there in that verse. So, don't we want to represent God accurately? Don't we want to give a correct glimpse of God? That is why we do everything for the glory of God. That's why we meet everyone where they are. And I want to tell you that right there, if you don't get nothing else today, get that. That is one of the hardest lessons right there for Christians to learn. Folks, we may not always get it right. No matter how hard we try. And that is why grace is so beautiful. If we put our focus on glorifying God in everything we do, we represent Him the way that truly pleases Him. Don't let this overwhelm you. Don't try to make this some big deal. Just, just focus on what you need to do next and look at it through the lenses of the kingdom of God and every step you take will be one more step that, that, that what it means to live as an ambassador for God, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Because that's what we do. The people of the kingdom of God speak and act on His behalf. Represent His goodness to others. And that's what it means by going from me to we. Right there it is in a nutshell. I'm going to leave you with this thought. And I want you to think about this. I feel like every one of us in this room has had the opportunity at some place, at some point, at some time where we've had to stop and wait for a train to pass. Maybe you've been traveling down the highway and you're running along a set of railroad tracks and there's a row of, of railroad cars sitting there. And my, my question to you is, have you ever looked at the graffiti on those railroad cars? Now, some of it can be quite artistic, can it? Some of it expresses anger or rage. Some of it expresses someone's love for someone else. Some of it is very lewd. Some of it is very articulate. Have you ever stopped and looked? A lot of times there'll be this big old deal of graffiti and then there'll be their little initials. Have you ever seen that? You say, well, what, what's the point? The point is this. At some point, at some place, at somewhere, someone felt they needed to leave their mark. My question to you today is, what mark do you plan on leaving here on this old earth? Because every day you live, you're living a mark. Do you want to leave a mark that brings honor to God, brings glory to God? Or will our lives make a mark that dishonors Him name 
and causes people to stumble and fall. You see, that's a decision that each one of us has to make. Just like that graffiti on the side of the car. Act like that's your life. What do you want it to say about you? I've said it a hundred times from this pulpit. There's always someone watching everything that you do. What message are you sending? Are you sending one that glorifies God? Or are you sending one that dishonors Him? That causes people to stumble and fall? You make your choice. And we're going to pray together. Father God, we just thank You for this day that You've blessed us with and the opportunity to be in Your house. Father, we just thank You that we've had this time, this place where we can come together and we can spend time in Your Word, studying Your Word, Father. And we just thank You for it. And Father, this is one of those sermons that each one of us has to decide what we're going to do, how we're going to live. Are we going to live as ambassadors representing You? Or are we not? It's a pretty simple analogy. So Father, I ask that You keep this message near and dear to our hearts and help us think about it in this week ahead. And help us point people to Christ every opportunity we get. Father, we thank You for loving us and we ask that You forgive us where we fail You. Certainly, Father, we ask that You be with the folks not with us. Father, we ask that You be with all the folks that we have on our prayer list. Some very, very, very grave situations in a place or two, Father. And we just ask that you meet the need as only you can, Father. Your Word tells us you're the great physician. And I still believe, Father, you're working miracles every day. So be near to these folks and just carry them through. Also, Father, we ask that you bless us with some rain. We've got a good chance here in a day or two, Father. And certainly where's a need there. We, we, we need some more rain. And only You can provide it. So, Father, as we leave this place, just watch over us and care for us. Continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live. And help us bring glory to You in everything that we say in everything that we do. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.